0: There's a lot to unpack for one team that resides in Milwaukee. Not the Bucks. They actually were committed on winning a championship. I'm talking about on the Milwaukee Brewers. A lot of people are very upset, and I think rightfully so, uh, about Major League Baseball's trade deadline. But then you kind of take a step back, and you look at the Milwaukee Brewers every single year in the trade deadline, especially when they've been competitive like they are. And uh, like Grant Bills, Rowdy of the Wisco Sports Show, uh, our guy B.J. Asherman says, Grant was on one yesterday. I was listening to, to the Wisco sports show. Grant, Grant was for a guy that really wants the brewers to lose in the world series. I, uh, I thought he would have liked these moves, but I'm with you. Grant Grant, as BJ Ashman said, might be on suicide watch. We need to go uh, see if he's okay with the Milwaukee Brewers and what had happened. And I saw on Twitter, everyone saying how the Brewers aren't a serious organization. They don't believe in wo- uh, winning the World Series. The Mark Adonazio is too fine with just getting to the playoffs because he you know he can make money that way, yada, yada, yada. With the trade deadline coming on, a lot of uh, head-scratching moves, like getting Trevor Rosenthal at the end there. Uh, Rowdy, how are you feeling right now? Well, that's what
1: I was going to say. Right out of the gate, I got a Twitter poll Yes. What do you give the Brewers trade deadline and force uh, options? You know how we only get four on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. B, C, D, F. Well, I was on the
0: same line as you. I wasn't going to do great. I'll do grades. Uh, F. A is not an option. A is not an option. A is not an option. Not an option. Clearly. Uh, I'll say this. Brewers fans. A is not an option. Clearly. what? But what do you give David Stearns and the Milwaukee Brewers? after the trade deadline has come and gone. Because I, Rowdy, wow. Alright, let's go through it. We we talked obviously a lot yesterday, almost the whole show yesterday on trading Josh Hader away. Uh, Josh Hader goes to the San Diego Padres. I have some very intriguing comments from Josh Hader coming up. Also uh, from Brandon Woodruff, Devin Williams, Corbin Burns. But first, Josh Hader gets traded to the Padres for four players, Taylor then Nielsen, Lament and two prospects. We were talking about it yesterday, after sleeping on it, um... And I I I didn't care for it. I, could, I guess I can see certain aspects of it, but I personally don't care for this trade at all, especially during the middle of the season.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of the trade either. I I get why they did it, but I'm I'm also don't understand why they couldn't have done it this winter.
0: Same. So I mean, Josh Hader, the best arm in the game, one of the best. We could say the best gone. I'll play a comment momentarily about him uh, putting the San Diego Padres hat on last night and talking to the media. It's uh, it's kind of revealing. And then, Rowdy, uh, I didn't mind this one, actually. Matt Bush coming. We talked about Matt Bush yesterday. He is, uh, if you were to reboot the movie Major League, he is Ricky Vaughn, the wild thing. He, he, instead of the California penitentiary, he was in Florida's penitentiary. But... I don't mind Matt Bush. I thought he would be cool, and I think you kind of liked it too in exchange for Antoine Kelly and Mark Mathias.
1: Yeah, I actually really liked this trade. I think it was a good one. I mean, you're getting a good late-inning reliever, something that you needed with or without Josh Hader on this roster, and you really didn't give a ton up. Mark Mathias was a utility guy that, was basically a quadruple A player that was really never going to have a real role with this Milwaukee Brewers team now or in the future. And then Antoine Kelly. Yeah. You already upgraded that, uh, that exact same pitching type with the trade for Josh Hader. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I really like that move. That's, that's going to have a big, big impact on where I vote actually on this poll. Yeah. And then the
0: next one, you thought maybe they'd add a bat, and, you know, it was inching closer and closer to the trade deadline, and then, what, about five minutes before it was said and done uh, for the year of 2020, this one's a real head-scratcher. The Brewers trade away their outfielder uh, Tristan Peters prospect to the Giants for another bullpen arm, a guy who has not played one big league inning since 2020, yes, two years ago. Trevor Rosenthal he was thirty two years old and has not played again a big league inning in two years. Did you understand
1: this one Didn't get this at all and this is this is the <laughs> reason why, so obviously, if you know much about baseball and you you know much about the n l central, clearly Trevor Rosenthal was a really good closer for the St Louis Cardinals. Eh, In the past. Now, that past, we're talking like 2017 and earlier. Mm -hmm. So we're talking like five to ten years ago, Trevor Rosenthal was electric. Well, he hasn't really been that electric since 2017, since he was a Cardinals closer. Now, on the other hand, does it make sense that they were willing to add another arm to that bullpen and do it with a low risk, high reward type move. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But the thing that doesn't make any sense to me, Ebo, is the fact that Trevor Rosenthal was a free agent two weeks ago. I know it's insane. They ended up trading, up trading away Lucas Barker and a prospect, like you said, for a guy that was a free agent, Two Two weeks weeks ago, if they had done their due diligence or really that interested in adding Trevor Rosenthal, you could have done him, could have done that without adding anyone or sorry, without trading anyone two weeks ago. Instead, oh, is Luke Barker that big of an issue that you lost him? No, it's a triple A arm. It's a guy that most likely is a quadruple A bullpen piece for depth. That's not a loss. But when you talk about prospects, yeah, the the Milwaukee Brewers system isn't great once you get outside of the top 10. That was clearly shown with the Josh Hader trade, how Ruiz could go from being the 28th prospect in San Diego to all of a sudden ninth in the Brewers farm system. They're clearly top heavy in the Brewers farm system with that top eight.
0: It's still mind boggling.
1: That doesn't mean everything in prospects. And we kind of talked about that yesterday. It means something because you have to use those prospects as leverage for trades, but it means nothing because a lot of prospects bust and others come out of nowhere and are Mm. actually great. Now the odds of this prospect being great, extremely low, low, but it's still a lottery ticket that you could still potentially hit. You didn't have to give up anything to get Trevor Rosenthal literally two weeks ago.
0: I think we got to give a uh, tip of the cap then to the San Francisco Giants general manager, Scott Harris, who fleeced the Milwaukee Brewers. Trevor Rosenthal hasn't
1: pitched in two years in the bigs, and he was a free agent two weeks ago. Well, how does it even work, Randy? Well, most of the time when you're, when you're, when you're a pitcher... The injuries that are worrisome are obviously your arm because that's what makes your money. But for the nagging ones, it's your lower body because that's where you push off the rubber. That's where you create yeah. a lot of your uh, your force and your momentum, right? Your power. Mm-hmm. Trevor Rosenthal has, what was it, a hamstring issue? That's why he hasn't been pitching or anything for the last couple of weeks. Pretty sure he's injured. Now, they already said that he would be starting in like their Arizona camp, like working, pitching, and getting healthy. But if you have a pitcher so, that hasn't pitched in the big leagues since 2020, he has not pitched at all this season. He has not really been in the minor leagues, but he's currently now been working out for two weeks because he's got a hamstring issue. All I know is that hamstring, quad, groin, all those do is linger, and now you just... Well, he hasn't pitched in two years in the bigs. Like, there's a reason why, right?
0: If, if if you were healthy, wouldn't you think you'd be pitching in the bigs if you were one Trevor Rosenthal in the past well, it's it's, two years? Oh, it's health.
1: It's actually pitching well. It's, but, yes. Yeah, have, I mean, but, I'm but yeah.
0: Health goes... That's the reason. Health. I, I'm saying it... it
1: the fact that he already has a hamstring issue yeah, and he hasn't done anything, it's like you might not, he might not even be healthy until September. That's what I'm saying.
0: Uh, our guy, uh, again, B.J. Ashman, my man, I saw you on Twitter last night going after it. I loved it, bro. Uh, he says, I wonder if they give up the prospect just so Mark Adonazio's cheap ass doesn't have to pay Rosenthal's $4.5 million. Well, here's the thing. I just saw this uh, at tr- MLB Trade Rumors, according to John Shea of the San Francisco Chronicle. The Brewers will pick up all of the $4.5 million owed to Trevor Rosenthal. So the thought of maybe the Giants recovering for that prospect, uh, apparently to the San Francisco Chronicle, the Brewers will pick up all of his $4.5 million. Well, owns.
1: for everybody saying that Josh Hader was a money dump, which... <laughs> Really isn't true just yeah. because when you look at it, that the Taylor Rogers, they're only picking up two hundred and fifty thousand and then they have all of Lamette's salary for the rest of the season. And then next year, yeah, Hater probably about to make like 16 ish million next year. They were really only saving about 10, 11 million with the quote unquote money dump. So it's not like it's that much. But still now you look at what Lamette's making, you look at what you just got Rosenthal for, 4 million dollars for a guy that hasn't pitched since 2020. Yep. I feel like you overpaid quite a bit with Rosenthal when I can sit here and say Brad Boxberger is making between 2 and 3 million for this entire season. <laughs> but you're you're paying Trevor Rosenthal 4 million for the rest of the year.
0: I have his um I have his entire injury list here, Rowdy, for Trevor Rosenthal. Uh, Let's see here, Rosenthal. I know Rowdy covered some of it. Rosenthal uh, hasn't pitched since the end of 2020 season due to a groin strain, uh, thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. What the hell that is, and then a hamstring strain that only surfaced within the last couple of weeks. Uh, Let's see here, and then after missing all of 2018 due to Tommy John, uh, Thomas John surgery, Rosenthal had a 13.5 ERA. Over 15 innings in 2019, but then rebounded to a 1.9 ERA in the final 23rd and two-third frames. Now, I'm not going to
1: say he's terrible just because we know what he's been in the past. We know that the the Milwaukee Brewers have that pitching lab. We know that they have two months to get him right. And again, it's a low-risk, high-reward type move, Mm. even though the move might be head-scratching on how he landed on this roster. But if you go back and purely go through his numbers, the last time he was legitly effective as a reliever was 2017. God. I mean, you could argue 2020, but he didn't appear in a ton of games then. The last full season he appeared in where he was effective was 2017. The last time he was in an outstanding closer was 2015 and 2014 where he had 45 and 48 saves.
0: And this is the final move before the trade deadline was over. The the biggest head scratcher of all. I don't I, it's it makes literally no sense. So,
1: you know how the Milwaukee Brewers like to add low risk, high reward type pitchers to yeah. their oh, roster yeah. over the I mean, years. Their M.O., Remember when they had and they picked up Jordan Zimmerman and he threw a couple of spot starts and he was just a shell of he what just, he was. But he's retiring. Yeah, he's a guy that was from Wisconsin, had a lot of success in the past, and it was like maybe if we can invigorate something in him, we could get a, a decent start here and there, or maybe we could even get a fifth or sixth starter out of him. Yeah, it
0: didn't work. No, he flamed out hard.
1: The last time Trevor Rosenthal was legitly a great option at closer, like I said, fourteen or fifteen. Jordan Zimmerman was also a really good starter. (laughs) uh,
0: Rowdy. I got the Twitter poll up, by the way. Uh, Again, for the Twitter poll, as Rowdy did say, A, the, the, the grade A is not an option on this Twitter poll. It's B, C, D, or F. Rowdy, early returns. I know the poll's early, but what's leading the way right now? That would be a D. And we're not talking the good kind of Ds, the double Ds. No, no, no. Well, this is David Stern's letter grade for what had just gone on. I want to do another Twitter poll, I think, when we let this one settle for a little bit. Do you still abide by the hashtag in WeTrust after what had just unfolded in the past uh, around two days,
1: day and a half? Well, the polls out there wanted to get it out right away. Love and it. I already voted, and I gave it a D. I think, And the reason why I gave it a D is because they acquired Matt Bush who I think is actually like going to be a nice piece for them later in innings with a a guy that throws hard, has some electric stuff. There was a couple of years left of team control. If they did not acquire Matt Bush and they simply added Trevor Rosenthal, maybe even another a, a low leverage reliever and then the Josh Hader trade, I would have gave their deadline deal an F. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Bush is the reason why Matt I Bush voted is the savior. D.
0: The guy who spent time in prison. Matt Effing Bush is the savior. This is a very trying time as a Milwaukee Brewers fan because you look at what the San Diego and we're gonna get into this coming up. I know we're up against the break. I got comments from I got comments from Josh Hader that are gonna blow your mind. I got comments. From Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Devin Williams that are going to blow your mind. Weirdly Both enough, different different mind blowers. Weirdly enough,
1: anyone with any uh, m- amount of talent that the Milwaukee Brewers have on their pitching staff or had yeah. talks about or speaks out.
0: And then you look at the Padres who got Josh Hader, obviously. And then what did they do yesterday? They went out and got Juan Soto. So. <laughs> They're a small market, by the way, the Padres. I don't know if anyone else knows that. I know the San Diego, maybe California. We're thinking they're, they're a small market baseball club. Not as small as the Brewers, but they're a small market. They went and got Josh Hader, and they went out and got Juan Soto. They're going all in. The Brewers went out and got a guy who was in prison and a guy who hasn't pitched in two years. And then a couple others for Josh Hader, obviously. And I like the guy that was in prison.
1: And I don't know some of the comments that I heard over, you know, just in Twitter and some clips that uh, David Stearns obviously was talking about the deadline moves and, and the not able to get a bat, not adding a center fielder. Yeah. I couldn't shake my head hard enough about some of the things that came out of his mouth where it's like, you're just effing lying. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's funny, because didn't I say yesterday or the on uh, Monday Rowdy's like, doesn't David Stern seem like the more open and honest GM compared to the other ones? I think I got to do an and about face to that. What did I tell you? I got to do an about face. What did I What Ivy did I say?
1: Holly sigh. Ivy League. He's a Harvard guy that <laughs> has a degree in political science. Yep. You think that guy's honest?
0: Nope. If you're in politics or anywhere sniffing on politics, you're one of the biggest scumbags and liars in the world. Now, I'm not saying David Stern's is a scumbag, but... After watching some of the things that he said yesterday, I think he's a liar.
2: Many years ago, a little red-headed boy was walking home from school, passing a Chinese laundry and stopped to see the score of a World Series game posted in the window. The Yankees beat the Giants 18 to 4 on October the 2nd, 1936. Well, the boy's reaction was pity for the Giants, and he became a rabid Giants fan from that day forward until the joyous moment when he was hired to broadcast Brooklyn Dodger games in 1950. Ironically, October the 2nd, 2016 will mark my final broadcast of a Giants-Dodger game. And it will be exactly 80 years to the day since that little boy fell in love with baseball. God has been very generous to that little boy, allowing him to fulfill a dream of becoming a broadcaster and to live it for 67 years. Since 1958... You and I have really grown up together through the good times and the bad. The transistor radio is what bound us together. By the way, were you at the Coliseum when we sang happy birthday to an umpire? Were you among the crowd that groaned at one of my puns? Or did you kindly laugh at one of my little jokes? Did I put you to sleep with the transistor radio tucked under your pillow? you know you were simply always there for me i've always felt that i needed you more than you needed me and that holds true to this very day i've been privileged to share in your passion and love for this great game my family means everything to me and i'll now be able to share life's experiences with them My wife, Sandy, our children, Kevin, Todd, Aaron, Kelly, and Catherine, along with our entire family, will join me in sharing God's blessings of that precious gift of time. You folks have truly been the wind beneath my wing, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me on this incredible journey of 67 years of broadcasting Dodger Baseball. 67 years. You know, friends, so many people have wished me congratulations on a 67-year career in baseball, and they've wished me a wonderful retirement with my family. And now all I can do is tell you what I wish for you. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be. Wow. Yeah, of seasons. You kind of get
1: chills listening to that because Vin Scully is legendary. Oh, when you yeah. talk about baseball, you talk about the Dodgers. Vin Scully's in every single conversation. Yeah. And, and then at the same time, a guy that's been around that long, he's talking about seeing the Yankees and the Giants play in the 30s. <laughs> like, it's like We're talking about that's like back when... Babe Ruth was playing yeah. for the Yankees.
0: Now, when you ever hear someone say, like, oh, who's your favorite player? Go, oh, my favorite player is Babe Ruth. It's like, dude, you're 22 years old. You've never seen Babe Ruth. Vince Gulley could kind of say something like that,
1: Rowdy. And and the on top of all of that, when you think of some of the most memorable, like, calls of baseball games from, like, old playoffs where you have, like, kind of that uh, glitchy, almost yeah, like film. Correct. It's like it's Vin Scully or he's got a lot of those calls and he's been around for a very long time. Sixty seven years wild. And he's had some of the best calls and he's clearly probably the best when it comes to calling baseball games. Now, a little personal story for me, it was like towards the end of his career, I was in college and there was a couple times that I had to go back and look to find the exact year. But I remembered that it was like in a fall and it was towards the end of the season. And they were making note of it on MLB Network that there was going to be a day game between the Dodgers and the Nationals. And it was going to be Vin Scully was going to be on the call for MLB Network. Yeah. So I literally skipped the social class that I had just so I could go watch <laughs> the game and listen to Vin Scully call it because You know me, I love watching West Coast baseball, so when I stay up late, (laughs) a lot of times if they did have Vin Scully on the call for West Coast baseball, I got to hear it, and it was super cool. So I'm like, this guy's getting older and older. He doesn't have much time left. Who cares about some stupid social class that you could sleep through and get a good grade? I'm going to go watch Vin Scully. Hell yeah, dude. And I I honestly think I've watched some documentaries over the years. There was one a few years ago. I don't remember exactly what it was, but – It was a really good documentary and it had Vince Scully and it was talking about Vince Scully and there was a great line that was said and the line was Vince Scully did not call a game, uh, did not call a baseball game around a baseball game that was playing the baseball game played around Vince Scully calling the game because every time it was like perfect. We talk about with Euchre, Bob Euchre, how he weaves stories in, and you know, some, I love Bob Euchre. Some, some people, people may say, it. like, love it. you know, since he's gotten older, that you know, sometimes you're like, I don't exactly know what's going on. Every time Vince Scully was on the call, it was like perfect. He weaved his stories in perfectly, but you still knew what was going on. He did that right up until his last yeah, game, and yeah. he was 88, killing it, crushing and. It was Bob Costas on this documentary that said that. And I go, that is probably the, the perfect thing you could say about Vince Scully calling baseball games is the fact that he didn't call the game around the actual baseball game. The baseball game played around him calling it. So now with that nationals game, Jordan Zimmerman was actually on the mound for the nationals. It was in 2014 and Zimmerman at the time was still a a really good starting pitcher, but Vin Scully and he was having, he was pitching a really good game against the Dodgers. Yeah. Vin Scully had like this crazy perfect story that only Vin Scully could tell craft. He was like around the game where Zimmerman's just lighting up the Dodgers and striking out a ton of guys and, and making them look bad. He's weaving in this story about, and there's Jordan Zimmerman on the mound now, if you don't know where Jordan Zimmerman is from, he's from Wisconsin, but not just Wisconsin. He's from the middle of the state, Auburndale. You got to take highway, whatever, up to there, <laughs> and you'll run into Auburndale. And when you get just outside of Auburndale, you'll find a little sign that says, Welcome to Auburndale, the home of Jordan Zimmerman. And he knew, like, all these little it's facts studies, and everything studies. about Jordan Zimmerman, where he was from. The highway... What took you there? And just everything was perfect while Jordan Zimmerman's out there striking out the Dodgers. And it was so cool to just sit there, skip a class, and watch that game and actually get to listen to Vin Scully. Very cool. Uh, Goosebumps, Brody. Awesome stuff.
0: Joshua Ronald Hader. That is uh, the former Milwaukee Brewers three-time NL reliever of the year, four-time All-Star. He met with the San Diego Padres media yesterday. I want you to take a listen. Listen, I want you to take a listen to Josh Hader, and tell. I know it's radio, and I know you can't see it, but believe me when I tell you this. I'm there's just gonna, a smile on his. I'm face. just
1: gonna say it. He looks giddy as all hell to be in San Diego and to not be in Milwaukee. He's anymore. beaming ear to ear, giddy, happy as a lark.
3: Take a listen atmosphere here is they want to win and, and you know not just go to the playoffs but win a world series and and like i said that's a, a contagious atmosphere to be a part of and um you know obviously the moves that aj and and the front office has put together it's uh it's exciting and you know that's the that's the mentality that that they're perceiving out here and as players that's that's what you want so um you know to be a part of that group and to be a part of a, a trade to come here it's uh it's it's special
0: mm 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 mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to do it one more time. Just listen to the first part of Mr. Hater here. <laughs>
3: the atmosphere here is they want to win and, and you know, not just go to the playoffs, but win a World Series. And-
0: the atmosphere here is they want to win and not just go to the playoffs,
1: but win a World Series.
3: This is also a guy who has made it known he wasn't
1: happy about his arbitration process. Which is true. Which is very true. But I think if you're on the player side, obviously I get why he would be upset. For yeah, that. absolutely. Because
4: clearly there, there's been, no reason not to be. I mean, he's, he's severely underpaid since 2018
1: he's arguably been one of the better relief pitchers in baseball since 2019 he's arguably been one of the best closers in baseball and because of the CBA because of how arbitration works in baseball there's nothing he can really do about it Mm -hmm. so I get why he'd be frustrated but it is the game that they play between front office and you know players but also baseball is the one where if you're a star player you will cash in
0: yeah,
5: and yes.
1: you will cash in a lot. Eventually. So you have a condo his,
0: I'm cashing out.
1: Yeah. But I think the thing with hater where I feel like if you feel that way and you're being severely underpaid and you know that you're with a small market franchise that's pinching pennies to at least give you the confidence that they're trying to win or that they're trying to be good yeah. or be better, at least since be they're best. not paying you they should be going out and paying other players yeah that are, that are that they are able to get yep. so it's like so they could in theory go out and sign a big free agent to money it's showing because they're not paying me all this money where's all this money we need to go somewhere else and pay someone or when they make some of these trades maybe actually go out there and, and you know put some of the chips in the middle and make a big splash showing people that might be underpaid, but Hey, we're happy to be here. And I like the city and all that stuff that they normally say, at least show them that you're trying to win. And that's why they haven't extended you into that big contract yet. And then you see what they did and you hear his comments and you're like, damn, it's not exactly like they had a bunch of confidence that this team was going to go all the way with the moves that they made.
0: Here's some more. Com- uh, here's some more comments. This would be from one Brandon Woodruff. Woody talks about the news of Josh Hader being traded.
3: Take a listen. here. You go. Uh, just what was your reaction to the news yesterday and what Josh
2: has
1: meant to you guys? To yeah.
3: The team? Uh, honest reaction. When I first saw it, I just uh, got done playing a little golf and i saw the news and i thought it was a joke you know um and then it kind of kind of sat in a little bit like you know that he had he had been traded it's Trill, and um i think you just think back to for me personally it's uh, we've been teammates essentially since 2016 in double we came up together same year um we've we have played together a long time. We've won won a lot of ball games together. We've um, we've lost some. We've struggled together. You know, it's just like you go through those um, emotions of it. And you know what? The ball player, aside from it, you're losing a, a, a friend. You know, he's he's going in a in a different chapter now in his, in his career. And and look, he's he's meant so much to the Brewers. Um, you just think back to. Um, all those runs and the playoffs. A four-time All-Star, three-time reliever of the year. I believe that's correct. Correct me on that if I'm wrong. But I mean, just in, in, an incredible career. And you've seen the development since we first got together in '16. So, um, you know, um, it's it's it, you know, trades happen. and That's and that's part of the game. That's part of the business side of it. And you see the business side of it. But I think you're you're. For for us and for myself, you just you're you're, you're gonna miss a good person, uh, not just from the baseball side of it, but just a, a good person. So, um, you know, I wish him well. I a little teary-eyed yesterday, and and you know, wished him well and um, told him good luck. And um, you know, that's that, I know he's he's was busy yesterday and, and trying to get everything sorted out. So, um, that's that's kind of um, there you go, Brandon Woodruff, who is teary-eyed saying that. And then
0: the most weirdest and bizarre interview was one from Devin Williams. Did you guys see? Yeah. I'm going to play it. Devin Williams, at, it's Adam McKelvey, it's on his Twitter account. At first it looks like he's like upset with Adam McKelvey, like he wants to like <laughs> fight him or something, like he's annoyed, he doesn't want to answer the questions. But I think Devin Williams is just like, he doesn't know what to say. Take a listen to Devin Williams. It's the, <laughs> it's, it's interesting.
6: I'll tell you that much, Devin. Just sort of, what was your reaction when this came down yesterday?
0: you just staring at McKelvey like blank stare.
6: I, I don't really have a lot to say, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know. It's just because it's part of the business, and a surprise, or yeah, I was surprised.
0: Don't mind the music in the back. Devin,
1: so, I mean, can you talk about just what Josh, you know, meant to this team and, you know, the bullpen and just, you know, you guys and how closely you guys have worked together the last couple seasons?
6: Um, yeah, I mean, he was a huge huge part of our success, you know. Like, having him in the ninth inning, just getting the ball to him, um, it's pretty much a sure thing most of the time. Um, you know, It was good to you know like learn from him and have him to kind of feed off of um, you know I picked up a lot of things from him over the past couple years so, you know having that guy there was really big for me. What did you learn most from him? Was this it- kind of the day-to-day preparation you know and just kind of taking little tidbits from his routine and making it part of mine um, You know, things like that Do you have any expectations for How that ninth inning will shake out now? Do you expect to be the guy? I don't know I guess we'll see what happens Tough business sometimes, huh? You can say that You can say that A lot of things that don't really make sense You know Um, I don't know I want to win. That's really the biggest thing to me. I I don't really have much to say about it.
0: That was just one of the most bizarre interviews. The last noise in the background is somebody just
4: finding out. Hater got tricked. Yeah,
1: just starts punching. Are you kidding? Good thing it wasn't Devin Williams punching a wall. I would say the best thing about that interview is probably the fact that in the in the background, in the clubhouse, I'm guessing, is where this was yep, uh yep. interview was taking place. Yep. At least they had old Wiz Khalifa on. Yeah, they had some good Wiz
0: on. <laughs> uh, John, Devin Williams, though, is just like he looks dejected. Uh I know you couldn't see it, but he looks dejected. He just looks like well, it's he, like, he's got a blow to the what gut. What
1: are we doing here? Look.
0: Yeah. At the end, there he says, like some. It just doesn't make sense. Some things just don't make sense. Yeah. So bizarre. Uh, I'll get comments from Craig Council, Corbin Burns on the way. But first, uh, line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, how you doing? Oh, uh, you broke up. Your, your phone cut up. What'd you say? Who's this? It's Corey from Marshall. How hey,
5: Corey. What's up, brother? Sorry, I'm in my wife's vehicle, so I don't have the. No, uh, oh, blame oh, it on the misses. Man, okay. Yeah, I'm yep, sure. Yep. Sorry, not, what's, uh, what's Bluetooth in. So I wonder if Devin Williams' reaction was part mixture of being annoyed, but also re- all of a sudden realizing he's the man now. What do you guys think of that? Yeah. I mean, do you that assume he'd be the man, right? Yeah. Like, he's running that through his head like, ah. Uh,
0: what council said say, though? That they, I think council said they'd be, like, having, inter- like, Rogers doing some, Boxberger doing some, and Williams doing some. I would assume it'd be Williams, but.
5: So it's just going to be throw the bleep against the wall and see what sticks is what it sounds like,
1: huh? Rowdy? I mean, I just don't get how you couldn't go with or how you wouldn't go with Devin Williams as being your closer. He's been the guy that hasn't given up an earned run in, like, 30 outings. He's He's been a guy that's clearly been your eighth inning guy behind or in front of Josh Hader, and he's the guy that clearly has the best stuff outside, you know, when you talk about the room of him, Boxberger, Rogers. Uh, Bush, McGee. I, I don't know how it wouldn't be Devin Williams. I think you'd be absolutely stupid not to be making Devin Williams your closer.
5: Well, they traded away their best closer, so maybe they're not that bright. You <laughs> never really know.
0: Hey, they also signed a guy who hasn't played ball in two years. Yeah,
5: nice. I heard all yeah. Uh, They didn't sign him, boys. I'm sorry, traded traded for for him. him. They They could have signed him. him. Traded
0: for him and took his $4.5 million contract as well.
5: So the Giants signed that guy for $4.5 million this year, or was that just like the residual left on his contract, him being a free agent?
1: They signed him. Like two weeks ago for that money for the rest of the year, wow. hoping that at that time, since the the Giants kinda went into a tailspin here the last couple okay. of weeks, they were yeah. probably hoping to stash him in the bullpen, you know, somewhat of okay. a cheaper deal for a guy of his ceiling or his past right. ceiling. And they were probably like, Oh, if he if we can get him back to his form, this'll be a really cheap, really good uh relief option for us in the later innings. Well, they went into a tailspin. They end up trading him. They end up uh, basically not even having to cover any of that salary and getting a prospect and a and a bullpen, low level bullpen arm. And because the Does that's
5: usually something the Brewers do? It's because the Brewers were late to the
1: party. It's like they had other options and then the, everything was gone. And they're like, "Well, uh, Rosenthal's still available." Yeah, I remember him from 2017 being good. Hmm. Well.
5: Well, and I forgot to say this yesterday, but Robbie always makes a point of you know these are the things you get from a team that still celebrates a second place finish forty years later. So,
0: <laughs> just chalk this up. Hey, and, uh, hey, we'll still see what happens. Still first place, actually. But last Corey, night I we it. did. Yeah, no, I
5: know they are still first place, but it sure sounds like the but players. Now, but
0: now the uh, the uh, games are less. It was once three games. Now it's two games. But
5: it sure sounds like the players are more in line with the questions that we have and reporters are like in lockstep with the management.
1: Well, we did we did get opinion. a message, Corey, from Rob yesterday, and it did yeah. say the Brewers would rather celebrate a team that lost a World Series 40 years ago <laughs> and try to win a World Series this year. The owner should be forced to sell. <laughs> that, that was an exact test message from yesterday, from Rob.
5: He mind melds with me on the Brewers, on the Packers. Those takes are landish, but I usually am locked <laughs> up with him on the Brewers. Hey, well, we'll see so. what happens
0: tomorrow with Robbie, All right, Corey? Sounds good. I'll let you guys get along. Take her easy. Line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, it's Full Dog. <laughs> it's been a while since we got a call from Full Dog. What's up, brother?
4: Yeah. Well, it takes it takes big events for me to.
0: How's that hair looking? Still flowing? Numbers. Still flowing majestically?
4: Oh, yeah. You'll enjoy it Friday.
0: <laughs> Can't wait.
4: All right. I, Longer uh, than Josh haters? Uh, yeah, probably close.
0: Nice, dude. Hell yeah. All right, Fuller. Hit me with it. Let's go.
4: People are getting way too emotional about this, including the players. Uh, If you break it down just business-wise, this is like the smartest thing they could have done. They got the guy who is second only to Josh Hader in saves this year, plus a guy who has a huge upside to be a great starter if they can fix him, which they've proven they can. Uh, Highly talented outfield prospect that's, probably going to see some time in the majors this year and a uh, pitching prospect that has another high ceiling in low a the, on a guy that they've coveted since he got drafted for a relief pitcher
0: the, be, mean, the honestly, best in the game
4: you you just got the second best according to saves if that's what your if that's what your matrix is and you already had the second best in Devin Williams so instead of having number 1 you and 2 you have 2 and 3 plus five other guys that were better than what you had before and here's my here's where it just gets crazy why why are we coveting relief pitchers as highly as we are i mean honestly how many how many less wins would the brewers have right now had they not had Josh Hader this whole year maybe 3 so there's still a half a game a half a game or a game out of first place. I mean, yeah, you can be disappointed. They don't, they didn't go and get a bat. I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure that would have been a great move anyway, because unless they would have gotten somebody on the cheap, there is not a huge fit for a bat, but the San Diego Padres just gave up their entire farm system and are going to spend more money than God on a team that's going to be a wild card team and have to play the Braves in the first round of the wild card. Good luck. I mean, you, you, you want to you want to play a great, right, like okay.
1: Two com- so I have, I have a comment and a question for you. So the comment is I would have been right there with you. I probably would have said with Josh Hader versus an average closer, you probably have about three more wins this season, but according to his war, he's only 0.1 wins better than the average closer. And then the the question was, wouldn't would you have preferred that they tried to get this deal done in the winter? Because I think the package would have been relatively similar. But at the same time, I feel like you could have still went at it and had a quote unquote bite at the apple with the best possible. I'm sick of this bite
0: at the apple comments too. By the way. So Do you the say bite the, at the apple. If you say, apples apples it, if you say it, I'm shaving your head
4: no, it, on Friday. It, no, no, it, the bite at the apple thing is getting a little annoying. But uh, <laughs> but I I get this I get the sentiment. Like I would rather have a team make the playoffs. Like the, I'd rather have the Packers than than a team that wins one World Series and then stinks for ten. So years. So would you I, rather have
1: the Packers or the Bucks?
0: Oh,
4: the Packers <laughs> for sure. Yeah, you know where your bread's buttered for. Yeah. But uh, I mean, do you, do you honestly think their bullpen is worse today than it was two days ago? I mean, I would say could,
1: s- it, I would say slightly,
4: but their middle relief is much much better. You can't argue.
0: Hey, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Full dog, but are you there?
4: Should be better options than what you had three days ago. <laughs>
1: full- correct. You're dropping out a little bit, my homie. I would say that your overall depth to your bullpen is better, but your top line is clearly not as good. So I would say, therefore, you are slightly worse just in general for a bullpen. I don't know.
4: Oh. The fact that they got Rodgers back is, I'm not saying Rodgers is amazing. Well, we'll see what but, happens. We'll see what happens, right? Statistically, statistically, he's second only to Josh Hader. So for these, for th- this is on the players like all this crying. And I mean, I get it that, that you're friends with them and stuff and you just hate to see your friend leave, but business is business. You can't have emotions in business. And this is clearly a move that does not, I, in my opinion, make them worse, but it maybe doesn't make them better. But did you guys, does, I mean, how many moves would they have had to make to actually be realistic world series contenders to beat the Dodgers in the Mets anyway? I mean, you can look at San Diego all you want and say, "Oh my God, look at they're going all in." And again, they're going to play in the wild card round, and more than likely, they're going to play the Braves. And if the, and if it's not the Braves, it's the Mets. And there's a three game series. They have a very easy chance of losing two of those three games. And now you're not. Now you just did made all that, all those moves and spent all that money to lose in the wild card round <laughs> of the playoffs. Is it was. Is it really worth it to do that? Especially for the Brewers, who and, and they're not the same market. The San Diego Padres. Oh, the Padres. Are the, B- the Padres are a
0: small market, though, dude. They have a
4: little. They're no, a little. Higher. They're the twenty-eighth market in the country. That's not small.
0: They're, rowdy, rowdy, rowdy. They have over they're, a million. They're a middle brewers. market. If you look a, at market.
1: a lot of the a lot of the different metrics, the Padres were right around the seventh smallest market in baseball. Brewers were clearly the smallest. Yeah.
4: Well, it makes a difference. I
0: mean, they it, no, it can't does. Argue it out. does.
1: They're still small they're not the it, smallest they're relatively small on in the baseball in the major league things, baseball yeah. world but yes they're bigger than the brewers yes. cuz everyone oh. is
4: so the brewers the brewers no longer have haters to, to spend money on right so now you hope to extend burns and or woodruff which would be great and who knows maybe they're maybe they're punting on this like seeing what happens this year you know, you're going to probably make the playoffs anyway. Let's see. Get yeah, nothing like
0: punting in, in this window you have of doing it. Hold if
4: they, on, hold on, hold on. Nothing like so punting on a there's, year there's, in a short window. I think they feel like their offense is underperformed, and I would argue that they haven't hit the back of their baseball card yet. So let's see if they yeah. hit the back let's, of their we'll baseball what card. We'll see happens. We
1: love you, buddy. Hey, Paul, we got to go here, Paul. I don't punt on my own 30. Fuller, uh, sorry, punt on the Fuller, we'll plenty. have many
0: copious amounts of beers on Friday and discuss it more. Okay. It
4: sounds
1: good.
0: Let's Let's have it. a good one. Let's have a one more in before break. Good morning. Who's this? This is Mark. Ah, Pete. From Pete, I saw on Facebook you are now a diehard San Diego Padres fan.
7: No, well, no, I was just, I was just, I, I was just trolling the the bicycle sniffers that oh. you know, well, the, the Brewers? I, I, was, I was just being, I, you know, I that, that's where I troll people, not on the, not on the radio like uh, <laughs> my, my compatriot from Monona. I troll people <laughs> on Facebook. So I was just trying to troll. Well, you, you got know, me, because I, like, I was like, hell yeah, Pete, let's go. But, but uh, you know, I, well, first of all, Grant Mills is, is my hero. I mean, he is so mad. He is so angry. He is so disgusted. And he is so clear-minded about what this is all about. And I'm just thinking about all the money and you know and and the inconveniences and and, and the mediocrity of fifty two years of of going to brewer games, including uh, when when I lived in Des Moines and 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 flew to to uh milwaukee to see them play Damn. and and you know this is what you get for it they're not you know so if the bottom line is and i'm looking at this as a consumer you know that's crappy entertainment i'm not going to spend 500 dollars on the secondary market to see a crappy concert why <laughs> should i pay you know 32 dollars for uh, a, a bottle of water you know uh, to go see one of their, their games and i'm telling Brewer fans that, you know, if you, if if you settle for this, you get what you asked for, you know, because the guy knows the, the guy that owns that team thinks that you're a bunch of, of, uh, Rube suckers. And, and if you keep giving him your, that money, it does, you know, then that you're proving him right. So unless they improve that ballpark, yeah, no, no I'm, I'm sorry, that ball club, yeah. I'm not having anything to do with them anymore. Says, no, and I got tickets for three more games. No I am really angry.
1: Pete's done. Uh, Pete, I do have one question. Do we, do we kind of think it's a little bit funny that Grant Bills is the most upset of, of the, you know, the sports cas- casters that I've heard. And he was the guy that was all right with them getting second, second in the World and Series. losing in the World Series <laughs> last
7: year. Well, I, I just thought that that was a ridiculous take. But then, Ed talk radio, you guys, you guys have lots of time to cover, so yeah. you're going to say silly stuff. But yeah. I think that, and besides, he he's right. He's right on this one. You know, and it's, small it's rare. Ball is it's not. Rarer, yeah. And small ball is not going to save them. Nothing's going to save mean, the Brewers. Is, it's really – oh, and I'm, ta- I'm, I'm saying one more thing out yeah. there for, for the suckers out there. Do not pay for any more stadiums. They keep oh, thank telling you, you I hate that, that I they're, they're going to spend more money on the team, and then Lucy picks up the ball again. I hate it, Pete. Stop it. <laughs>
0: There's nothing worse than the common man having to pay for billionaires. I freaking hate that.
7: Well, it would be all right if they actually came, came through and actually spent the money, but that guy, you know, they, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to spend only so much, you know. I mean, they've got a budget, and that's what they're going to do. And almost every team in the in the Rust Belt, you know, uh, their, their, their cities have built their their dying cities, have built them a new ballpark, and they haven't done anything with yep, it.
0: besides take more money from the taxpayer.
7: Yeah, Pittsburgh's just as bad. Yeah, they're terrible. Pittsburgh's worse. They're or
0: worse. Yeah. Hey, you got a lot of people saying you're spot on. Your channel, you're, you're the oh, spirit the animal way, right
7: now. Dave from Manona lost that bet with Grant oh, Nelson, yeah. Dave actually. I want everybody to know it so he doesn't well, hey, wiggle out well, of
0: it. J- check this out. Dave called me yesterday off air and he said that he would pay up that bet and he already lost it. So he already comes to terms with it. <laughs> Something uh, we wanted to talk about quick and you had it for uh, News of the Weird with one of the tweets from uh, our guy RJ was the Blue Jays signed
1: a guy. What was his name again? Yeah, so they traded for Witt Merrifield, who, who is, is unvaccinated. Who's a pure blood. Yeah, he is unvaccinated, and he he's played for Kansas City and a multiple time All Star, pretty decent player. Not having the best of years this year, I mean, but he's not eligible to play in home games or technically even get into the country
0: yeah so i mean even despite justin trudeau having covid twice and being you know fully eight times jabbed and and obviously all coming out now that it literally does nothing besides except help alleviate your symptoms allegedly uh they still have this mandate right and so he has can't really play for the blue jays
1: now the one the, the thing that's funny is the Yankees made a trade for another Kansas City Royal because remember when the Royals went to Toronto pretty recently before a lot of the trades started coming out for this deadline the last yeah. week and a half. Oh, see Biden got COVID twice in a week span. They um they had ten guys shit. out. He did. You see you see you remember how Kansas City had ten guys not be able to make the trip. He's got like ten shots. Sorry, because yeah. he was unvaccinated. Yeah. So they had 10 guys that couldn't go to Toronto to play. Yeah. Well, Andrew Benatendi, the outfielder that the Yankees acquired, they made a big deal about it because the Yankees said, you know, you have to get vaccinated because we play Toronto. And clearly they do. That's in the AL East. It's a team that they're going to see. So I went back and I looked because I was interested, like how many games would he miss if he says, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, they only play Toronto seven more times the rest of the season, mm-hmm. four of which are at Yankee Stadium. So the only three that would matter is three late, late, late in September against Toronto and the Yankees have one of the bigger leads in baseball. <laughs> it won't matter at all. And then if you look at the current standings, they have one through six, right? Yeah. The Yankees are going to be either the first or second seed. It's really only them and the Astros that are com- going to compete for that first seed. So most likely the Yankees will have a bye first round. Mm-hmm. Toronto would have to win their series. And then if a lower seed ends up winning like the the five or the six, they could still beat Toronto and then they would ever actually match up, so there would be no issue. There, there could potentially only be an issue for three games at the end of September, sure, sure, where the Yankees already have a monstrous lead, so it wouldn't even matter. Yeah, God, isn't that funny? Well, I think there was another one with because they signed Anthony Rizzo, and and Rizzo and last season was unvaccinated, yeah, he's blood. and he supposedly they said that he was going to get it. Don't know if he did or not. I, I never heard. I never really checked. I don't, I don't follow the really Yankees if that or, close. I don't care if you do or you don't, to be honest with you. But to see if he was playing when they I'm played in Toronto. But it sounded like he was going to break down and get it because of them playing in Toronto. And then, there, yeah, there was
0: another guy saying that too. And it was, uh, like, well, we don't know if you want to trade for him because of this, this, and this. It's like, let's just stop the nonsense. Uh, but Rowdy, uh, Ben Attendee in whatever it's just a very interesting cultural thing as well as you know how just wrong some people were on certain sides of issues but when you look at major league baseball now and the milwaukee brewers let's get back in the crew connor you said a c at best you'd give them for a grade you know now that i think about it they didn't even pick up a bat so i'm gonna give them a d
1: <laughs> d is the resounding and the fact that the uh padres now have hater soto and Josh Bell is just... Who else did they get to? did Padres pick up someone else, Rowdy? So, well, they have Hader, they have Soto, they, have they got Josh Bell, and one that's a big name that I think would be was would have looked really good in the Brewers uniform, but he's in her division. Brandon Drury is having a hell of a season, oh, yeah. and he can play first base, second base, third base, or clearly DH.
0: Yeah, so right now in the Twitter poll, D going 39% of the vote, 25 to C, F in third at 21%, and then B is at 15 There's no way you can give it a, an A. So looking at this, and then looking at what the Padres did. So you look at what the Padres did. The Padres, now I know that they um, reside in California, obviously San Diego, and we had Fuller call in saying, they're not a small market, blah, blah, blah. Well, by definition, are they not a small market, Rowdy? What are they, seventh? At the bottom? For yeah. Small if you market?
1: take it, there's like a lot of different uh, metrics you could take in. And like the, with all these metrics, the highest, the San Diego Padres were for a market was the seventh smallest market in major league baseball. So relatively in major league baseball, where you have 30 teams still being bottom seven is pretty small. Yeah. Now it's clearly it's bigger than Milwaukee as Milwaukee yes. and, and Kansas city are by far the two smallest markets. But it's not like they're New York. It's not like they're Los Angeles. It's not like they're Chicago or even Philadelphia. So it is quite a bit smaller than a lot of different markets. But, but. they've shown a willingness to spend money. They've shown a willingness to trade prospects and go out and acquire top talent and A willingness compete. to go all in and get it going. Now, my my thing here is... The NL Central, we know that we have a good team in the NL Central pretty much every year, and that's the St. Louis Cardinals. It's a really well-run franchise that's historic and has historically been winners. Now, I know the Cardinals are good, and it's it's a big-time franchise, but do you really put them on the level, especially lately with spending money and, and competing as like the Yankees or the Dodgers, some of those big teams that you would think the Brewers would hope to beat to win a World Series? Yeah. I I don't really put them them on the same sphere at that level. level. But do you think if the Dodgers played in the NL Central that the Brewers would be more willing to go in all in certain years because they knew that they'd have to beat the Dodgers? I think that goes into
0: some of the play because Cardinals really aren't doing it. The Cubs, by the way, why did not the Cubs sell? What? Who? Why do they keep all those contracts? Anyways, the Cubs are stink. The Pirates stink and the Reds are now the worst team in the NL Central who are do who are doing nothing.
1: Well, the the Pirates and the Reds have been pretty poorly run, especially in recent history. The Cubs had their Yeah, their chance their, their little their run. dynasty window, but it only what, in two thousand fifteen they made it to the NLCS and lost to the Mets. Sixteen they won the World Series and then they were kind of failures after that. Mm-hmm. And then it's the Cardinals and the Brewers. I do think that the Brewers would be enticed to go all in more often if, if they had a, doing it. a if they had a Dodgers in their division where it wasn't like they could get away with being decent and still winning a, agree, a central totally. but instead they'd have to win 100 games to beat the Dodgers cuz look at the Padres. They've had a lot of talented rosters over the last, you know, five years. Mm-hmm. They've went all in. You could argue two seasons in there because they knew they had to beat the Dodgers. And San Francisco was really good last year as well. You had three teams in the in the NL West that were right on pace to win a hundred games. And now the Giants won, the Dodgers got second, and the Padres finished in third. They still won like ninety plus games. Yeah. They knew they had to go all in because of the teams in their division. They couldn't all of a sudden say, oh, crap, we got third in the NL West. We might not so, make the wild card. Let me ask you this. When it comes to you know,
0: the Brewers, a lot of people are like, well, they can- <clears throat> and David Stern said it, too, in this press conference. We have to be able to you know, have success in the future as well as try to win now as the ultimate goal is to win the World Series. Well, let me ask you, let's say the Padres, let's say it pays off to the Padres. Uh, they got Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Josh Hader, and all of a sudden they go out there and they win the World Series, but they're handcuffed with all this money and they're in the doldrums you know, and have no farm system for the X amount of years. Wouldn't you rather, or what would you rather do? Have a World Series under your belt than 10 years of suffering? Let's just say for a decade, whatever, for a random number? Or would you rather have be like the Brewers, where you're maybe getting into the playoffs every year, but you never get a World Series? And your see, far, your farm system's always okay.
1: See, I asked when Andrew Wagner was on yesterday. I was like, "Oh, it's kind of like the Packers versus like the Bucks, where it's like the Bucks went fifty years without winning, and outside of the '80s, which I never got to watch, you never got to watch." Actually, and, I watched the VHS tapes. And two thousand and one, they were never really relevant. Like we talk about them being the Bucks, the eight seed when they made the postseason only to get slaughtered in the first round. It was a good year if they made the eight seed and they went in one one game and lost four to one. Like, but it's it's different in football to me than it is in baseball or like basketball. Well, think of the Packers that never won a Super Bowl ever before. And we had that 2010, 2011 run or something. Like the the Bucks, they were having troubles getting a superstar that would come to Milwaukee and stay in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Clearly we know that if you have a superstar in the NBA, you're gonna put yourself in like the conference semifinals, right? Yeah. Like they're gonna at least be in the in the discussion of the top four teams in their, their division. Yeah. In their conference. Yeah. Well with the Brewers. I, I don't think, or even with the Packers, let me talk about the Packers yeah. first. When you have a top five quarterback in the NFL, you're always in the mix. Look at what the Packers have with Brett Favre. Look at what they have with Aaron Rodgers. They didn't win the Super Bowl every single year. They've only made it to three in that time, but they've been really damn good every single year and had shots, legit shots of winning Super Bowls. I think if, If you had the Packers, Mike Holmgren, Brett Favre, and all those guys have a redo against the Broncos, I think that game could have went differently. If you let Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers and some of the like Brandon Bosticks of the world, where he didn't go after Let Jordan Nelson catch the ball? I think they would have obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but they would have been in a lot more Super Bowls if they didn't have some freak things. Yeah. Like they were legitly close a lot of years. The Brewers Mike Trout is the best player in baseball when healthy. Mike Trout cannot single-handedly get the Angels to the playoffs. No. Christian Yelich carried the Brewers for half of a season. He carried the Brewers in 19 for a season. But it's so hard if you have just one player to be legitimately good in baseball. You have to be, you have to have a lot of talent. You have to have pitching. You have to have hitting. Yeah. You can't have one superstar and be great. So that's that's where I'm more inclined to say, if I am the Brewers, I'm willing to go all in a couple years and then be bad for a decade. Totally. Just I mean, because it's Royals. so hard even when you have those great players at actually being good. <laughs>